Hey Steve, it's your brother Matt. Hey, congratulations on 25 years hosting Sports Talk. Amazing. Hey, I did a little research to see uh, how the teams that you are fond of did in 1995 when you started your, uh, your tenure at Sports Talk. Just thought I'd run these by you. UTEP football, 2-10. and 10. UTEP basketball, 13-15. and 15. Your New York Mets, 69 wins, 75 losses. And your Jets were 3-13. and 13. See, a lot's changed in the last 25 years. Maybe the next 25 will be better for you as a uh, sports fan. Hey, congratulations. Awesome job. Keep it up. We're rooting for you. Cody Decker here. You know, your friend, former professional baseball player. Now I work in radio. I just finished my first year in radio. First full year to the day. Today. How amazing is that? And you are celebrating 25 years. That is so, so long. So so, so, so long. 25 years, Steve. Steve, 25. I was eight when you started. Eight. That's a depressing way to looking at it, huh? Well, anyways, you're probably, you know, got another 25 years or you're going to die. Have a great day, man. Hey, this is Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. You often hear me on Wednesdays uh, with Steve Kaplowitz. And Steve, happy anniversary. It's amazing. 25 years is a long for anything let alone radio at the same station. That's ridiculous. Uh, you're one of the most informed radio hosts I ever do fantasy segments with. Uh, it's, I'm impressed that you play in deep dynasty leagues for baseball and football, and you do both sports. Uh, congrats on 25. Here's to 25 more. This is the Iceman, Brandon Cohn. Cappy, first off, congratulations on 25 years with ESPN El Paso. I have to tell you that I remember back in the late 1990s in an NBA preseason game asking your father, Papa Joel, how the heck do I get into this industry? Because I love sports casting. I really want to get into it. He told me, and I quote, ask my son, he will help you. Sure enough, those, those words held true when a few years after that I saw you. I was in college. I was at Briars Deli. I said, can you help me get into the business? You said, let me know. Whatever you need, I'll help you out. I nudged the heck out of you a couple of years after that, and you finally gave me an internship with Football Friday Night, which led to a job, which led to crunch time eventually. And, of course, you made me part of the UTEP women's basketball broadcasting staff, which I am forever grateful for. I will never forget that. I want you to know that. Cappy El Paso is truly fortunate and blessed to have had you for 25 years. You could have gone to a bigger market. You could have been national by now, but you chose to stay in your hometown of El Paso, Texas. We love you. We're forever grateful for you. And here's to another 25 great years for Steve Kaplowitz. We love you, buddy. Congratulations. Hi, this is Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I have been Steve's regular guest talking baseball and beer uh, every week since 2010. And it turns out uh, I looked it up. Our first uh, on-air discussion was all, all the way back in 2007, which means that I have been uh, talking to Steve for more than half of his 25-year tenure. S Steve, congratulations on a great run so far. Uh, look forward to talking to you again. 
Uh, and in the meantime, I'll raise a glass to you tonight. Hey, Steve, it's Sal. Just want to congratulate you on an amazing 25 years. I look forward to plenty more with you. It's been an honor not only to uh, work with you, but you started out as my teacher, met you at EPCC as my professor, and ironically enough, you're still teaching me things, even though we're, we're in the same building now, which is uh, pretty cool. But once again, congratulations. It's been fun learning from you, and I can't wait to see all the greatness that you're going to continue to bring. It's been a blast. Let's do this again, man. Let's keep going. Congrats. What up, Steve? It's Adrian. Congrats on 25 great years here on 600 ESPN El Paso. 25 years ago, I wasn't even a thought in the back of my parents' minds. But no, really, congratulations on this great milestone here at the radio station. Uh, you've done so much here for local sports, and uh, it's been a great, great honor working with you here over the past several years. I appreciate all the great things that you've done for me in my young career. I remember the exact day when I asked you, hey, can I take an internship at this radio station? I've I've been listening to you pretty much all my life and I'd love to work for uh, you guys at, at 600 ESPN El Paso and man it was one of the best decisions I've ever made so cheers to you Steve congrats on 25 years and can't wait for the future hey Steve you sick son of a bitch this is Jesse James Dupree wishing you a happy anniversary 25 years you've been doing this good god you getting old fella but I'll tell you what you are you're a pro at what you do I appreciate you congratulations and uh and I'll just keep it a secret between you and I that sometimes when you look at me, you make me feel dirty. Happy anniversary. Hey, Steve, it's John Teicher. I hear you're celebrating 25 years at 600 ESPN El Paso. What a milestone. I'm certain you're relieved that after all these years that they're still paying you for doing this. You're probably also wondering what all this means. Well, Steve, I'll tell you what it means. 25 years means you're getting older, and that's not going to change. Steve, people, all kinds of people are going to start asking you if you're thinking about retirement. Some honor, right, Steve? Seriously, congratulations on 25 years of producing top-notch sports talk radio in El Paso. Here's to another 25. But Steve, please don't get any older. I'm Buzz Adams, and Steve joined our morning show as an unpaid intern right out of college. And I'll never forget when Steve came into the office uh, we, the members of the morning show, did the interview. So it was me and Patty and Johnny Gonzalez. And we heard what Steve had to say. He was fresh faced, just right out of college at UT. And uh, we liked what we heard. And Steve walked out, the door closed, and we waited until he got a few steps down the hallway. And we all looked at each other and said, That guy looks just like Screech. Congratulations, Steve, on a quarter century. Cap! Lou Romano here. Man, 25 years. Boy, I, I, I can remember when uh, you first started out, you were uh, cynical, uh, naive, angry. Now look at you. 25 years later, man, and you're still naive and angry and cynical. <laughs> hey, I'm just kidding you, pal. Uh, you know how I feel about you. Uh, I've known you a long time. Congratulations on the 25 years. Uh, hopefully we'll get another 25 out of you, buddy. Keep up the great work. We love you. You are an institution here in El Paso, Texas. This is Steve Foster, lifelong El Pasoan, and I want to congratulate my man, Steve Capwood. Cappy, happy 25th. We appreciate you. We love hearing you. We love working with you. So congratulations on 25 years at ESPN El Paso. Hello, this is Chad Middleton. 
I was blessed to be a producer for about four years on Sports Talk with Steve Kaplowitz on 600 ESPN El Paso. And I just want to say congratulations, Steve. Uh, Well done. 25 years. Absolutely amazing. Um, Can't tell you how happy I am for you, how proud I am of you. want to thank you for just being a blip on the radar for part of that 25 years and uh, really want to say how much uh, you meant to me is not only a mentor and then uh, I don't think a peer possibly but maybe and then uh, how much it's meant that uh, I can now call you a friend and it means the world to me so congratulations on 25 years man that's incredible I love you dude hi I'm Kevin Vargas the guy who approves Steve's time card so he gets paid. And all that vacation he's always taking. I've known Steve now for nine years. And, well, one of the things Steve is famous for, well, besides his crappy affection for New York sports teams, is his frugal nature. In fact, on Steve's 20th anniversary, I said, Steve, I'll take you anywhere for lunch you want to go. On my company credit card, we'll charge back the company. I turned in a receipt for 11 bucks from a Chinese restaurant. And Steve... That's what the company appreciates about you. Happy 25th anniversary, Steve. We're glad you're part of our team. Hey, Steve, it's Monster. Congratulations on 25 years there at 600 ESPN El Paso, or as I like to call it, the Big 600. Kids, that's what you call old school. Anywho, congratulations on this tremendous accomplishment and achievement. To put it in other words, estás chingón. Brother, that means you're pretty good. Hall of Fame, one of a kind. The Silver Age, is that, is that the anniversary? Can we get Steve something in silver, please? Love you, brother. Congratulations. Keep on trucking. Hey, Steve, this is Andy Lee outside of Elvis Presley's birthplace in Tupelo, Mississippi. I know you can't see it on the radio, but you'll have to trust me. I want to say congrats to the king of El Paso Sports Talk Radio on 25 incredible years. Here's to 25 more. Congratulations, Steve, on 25 years of, uh, of Sports Talk of working with 600 ESPN El Paso. I know I speak for all of us at the station uh, in offering those congratulations because I've worked with you for so many years and continue to get to do so. And it is a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. But not only 600 ESPN El Paso, really El Paso Sports owes you a debt of gratitude for things like the Don Haskins Show, for inventing those kinds of things and continuing to do so through Sports Talk Now. A very hearty, well-earned, richly deserved Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Hello, this is Tim Haggerty, the Chihuahuas broadcaster. I'd like to wish Steve Kaplowitz a happy 25th anniversary at KROD. That's a lot of shows, a lot of segments, a lot of interviews. Steve, you're a very entertaining host, and you know the breadth of the El Paso sports scene as well as anyone. El Paso is lucky to have you, and I will listen to you soon. And we've got one more on the radar. It's Willie who joins us on the phone lines right now, wants to give some congratulations to Steve's 25th anniversary on the radio. Willie, go right on ahead. Hey, Steve, how can I follow all these guys? Anyway, uh, congratulations on your 25 years, and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye. Well, Willie is my father-in-law, and... It was very nice to have him wrap that up. And and Willie was uh, probably planning on being the first one in to bring this up. And I don't want to say that everything stole his thunder, but I appreciate him ending it since my brother started it and everybody in between. And with that, uh, it was very nice and unexpected. Um, 
today was act is actually the 25th anniversary of my hire date. I was hired uh, officially September 16th, 1995. And as you heard, Cody Decker was eight years old. Adrian wasn't born. Um, and, you know, everybody else that had a chance to chime in. That was very unexpected, very nice. And uh, we only have two hours today. And I felt bad. I'm like, man, we're taking up the whole first segment. But that was uh, great. And Adrian, uh, very touching. And obviously, uh, you know, having a, a chance uh, at, uh, doing this show for so many of those 25 years, but uh, being employed by this group for the for the full 25 uh, is really something that um, I'm, I'm happy to still be doing the same thing and still be here. It's great. You don't find uh, too many people staying at, at one place of employment this long. And I've always said... Uh, there be any place else and i appreciate you guys doing that and uh really really nice i'm i'm very uh i'm touched i'm flattered and uh just uh, really cool the way you started the show today so thank you hey congrats steve 25 years that's awesome i mean everybody said it and i'm just excited to do this today with you this is gonna be a fun show today it's going to be good. It's going to be fast, but it's going to be good. And we've had some news today. In fact, uh, we found out that uh, we've got uh, B enemy now eligible for UTEP men's basketball. We also found out that the start date for the season will be uh, November the 25th for all college hoops. So now everybody can finalize their schedules, which hopefully they will since we've been waiting and waiting. And, man, I, I just I think back to the uh, to the days of when I started uh, in this business and started here and how many great memories I had, um, you know, how much I miss my dad because he was such a big part of this for me for so many years uh, until he passed away back in 04. Um, and, and more than anything, uh, a chance to just share this time slot, this show, this station with all of you for so long. It's, uh, it's, it's really flattering. And it was funny listening to John Teicher congratulate me because John's at 40. I'm like thinking to myself, wow, I'm, I'm a quarter century. It's great. John's at 40. I mean, that is something that to me just blows me away when you start to realize how long he's been doing this uh, here in El Paso at UTEP and, and, and broadcasting games. So he's got me beat, and, and, and many do. But uh, it is nice to uh, to still be doing uh, sports talk and, and still be with you here on this uh, Wednesday. And Adrian, again, terrific job getting everybody rounded up. I had I heard some voices I haven't heard from in a long time, some very familiar friends, and one of them that's going to be joining us next in Jay Jaffe. Yeah, that's right, and that's so funny. I mean, uh, just getting in contact with everybody, it was really easy to to get this all done with. And uh, hey, everybody was happy when I, whenever I asked right away, everybody sent it right you know right after. So I, I also want to let you know there will be a video to follow with everybody in this, and that's going to come up <laughs> on our on our Facebook page and our Twitter page. Fantastic. Well, that's something else to be excited about. As far as the show today, again, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Jay is coming up next. Then we've got Joey Richards, who covers uh, Abilene Cooper for uh, an Abilene Christian. He's going to be talking to us about Abilene Christian and UTEP for the Abilene Reporter News. So Joey Richards will join us to begin our 5 o'clock hour, then Jeff Erickson, then John Teicher as we get ready for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel coming up at 6 o'clock. So a lot in store. Stay with us. Charlie's back. He's got a traffic update as we get going here on a Wednesday. Back in Sports Talk as we keep things moving here, 20 past the hour. Excited about our next guest who's joining us to talk baseball and beer. And 
I want to also thank uh, Jay for the nice uh, wishes that uh, he shared a moment ago during the opening montage. That was very nice. And I can't believe that Jay and I have been doing this uh, since 2007, which was the first time. That that right there blows me away to think that we've been at this uh, charade for 13 years, uh, give <laughs> or take. But, uh, hey, it, it's great to have you back. Always great to talk baseball with you. And uh, I'm impressed that uh, you're at Yankee Stadium today since uh, that's something that not a lot of people can say given the pandemic. Yeah, you know, I had been uh, planning to uh... – to fill up here for one game, and I targeted this Blue Jays Yankee series because uh, I figured there were there were a bunch of storylines that uh, uh, that I could follow here, and uh, this just happened to be the day that worked for my schedule. So, yeah, it's, I didn't think I was going to get to do this otherwise, but uh, it's good to be up here, see a few familiar faces, even if they are hidden by masks. Um, at the same time, it's very surreal. Uh, ballpark is uh, mostly empty. Uh, the regular all you have to go through to get in is. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a bit daunting, but uh, um, you know, and everybody's spaced out in the press box. I had to bring my own, had to bring my own food, just crushed a crushed a sandwich uh, that, I, that I bought like eight hours ago. Um, but uh, uh, it's good to be here. And as as, as for our uh, long history together, you know, the um, I had a I used to I used to do radio hits infrequently enough, but I actually had a spreadsheet that I kept track of. And I think first one we did was in. August 2007, which was about three months before I moved to Brooklyn. So uh, that wow. is uh, a very long time ago in my world. That's amazing. It really is. Um, I, I can't believe it. I, you know, I figured, yeah, we're, we're closing in on a decade together, but I didn't realize we're, we're, we're like that. So that's, that's awesome. It's great to hear. And, and by the way, did you have to get tested to go into the press box or just wear the mask? Uh, wear the mask, uh, temp- temperature check, and uh, uh, answer uh, a handful of questions. All right. Well, and I'm sure, is it, uh, you're used to being in the press box at Yankee Stadium. Is it about half capacity from what you're used to? I would say maybe about a third, a third oh, to wow. a quarter. Yeah, that's, that's, that's wild. Absolutely wild. Hey, uh, meanwhile, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I think there's a limit of like 35 people here. And I think, that, yeah, it's, uh, it's about, it's about, uh, you know, a third to a quarter capacity. Well, I'm happy you get a chance to make a game. Have you done City Field as well, or just going to be Yankee Stadium no. for you this year? Yeah, just Yankee Stadium. And uh, with the Yankees unlikely to have a, uh, a, a top-four seed, uh, this is, I'm probably one and done here unless there's something major going on in the final week. And by the way, let's start with that, because, I mean, the Yankees are back in second place. They're, they're three and a half games behind the Rays. Um, yet you look at the way the season's gone, and they've won six straight to get to this point. I mean, up until really the last week or so, Jay, when you look at the Yankees this season, uh, you could say it's been just a, a big disappointment for them, although they have been hit very hard by injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's the injuries that have been the problem. They were, they were cruising along, and then they lost 15 out of 20. Uh, when, uh, you know, at a time when uh, they were losing uh, uh, DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres and, and uh, with uh, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge already out. Uh, Judge is actually back in the lineup tonight for the first time since uh, August 26th. He played just one game uh, in his return uh, from, a ga- from an absence that I think had gone back to about August 9th. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton played last night. Uh, he's uh, sitting today. He'll be back in tomorrow. Uh, the way building these guys up a few days at a time. But, yeah, it's been a frustrating season for them. And, uh, um, you know, this six-game winning streak, I think, has erased a lot of bad taste uh, in their mouth and I think has uh, uh, sort of uh, calmed their nerves, you know, made them 
uh, reminded them that uh, they are they are a force to be reckoned with here. But uh, uh, they're going to have to uh, uh, start from the bottom uh, when it comes to uh, the, the playoff seating uh, going into this, uh, playing in somebody else's house uh, in a best of three. That's a great point. You're right about that. And yet it's weird now that we're hearing about the playoff bubble and how that's going to work. So, uh, you know, baseball is trying to take a page out of what they've seen in the NBA and the NHL and, and ultimately look to do something uh, similar for their postseason. Yeah, I, I know that uh, people aren't uh, in the game are not really happy with the, with, with the way this is coming about. Uh, I think the feeling is that, uh, you know, the, the team's, you know, really, with with more than a month since the last outbreak, the teams have done a good enough job uh, to not have to go through this, uh, you know, this quarantining uh, uh, before before entering the postseason bubble and things like that. And uh, um, you know, I know the Yankees, for example, not on wood, are a team that hasn't had a major outbreak. I don't even think they've had they've had, they've lost a player to uh, uh, COVID nineteen in season. Um, uh, certainly, you know, during training, uh, during spring, summer camp, yes, but uh, not since then. But uh, um, you know, it's uh, I understand the precautions. Uh, MLB has got a very uh, tight schedule that they're trying to adhere to, um, and uh, they really want to get this done. They really want to bank that TV money. What are your thoughts on the fact that a no travel days um, for playoff baseball, and the fact that uh, they're looking to play either in Texas or California? Because I guess the National League playoffs will be in Houston and Arlington, uh, and the American League playoffs are going to be in uh, LA and San Diego. It's weird. There's no question about it. Uh, this will be a first neutral site World Series. I know that there are people who uh, who have long clamored for neutral site uh, postseason, which I, I just absolutely hate that. You know what out of that, um, but uh, I guess we're going to see how it works this year. Um, you know, I, I'm not wild about anything about this postseason format, let alone the rumor that uh, or the uh, Rob Manfred's uh, expressed desire to maintain some kind of 16 team uh, postseason format beyond this year. I think that you know the the, the larger you make the postseason, the more you devalue the regular season. Uh, the less reason there is to, to to care about whether your team is in a race. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this works, though, and how fans like it. Um, I, I think it's going to be frustrating for the players to be in this bubble. Uh, and the, the off days, it's really good, the lack of off days, I think, is really going to test teams' pitching depth. Uh, you can't rely on just three starters to get through uh, and pile uh, all of your innings on your, on your top couple of pitchers. You've, uh, uh, you've got to have some depth because you're going to need to go at least four days in a row. Um, or you know, four deep in your rotation, and uh, you're going to need to uh, call upon different guys every night out of your bullpen. Jay Jaffe's joining us uh, from Yankee Stadium as he's uh, getting ready to take in the Yankees and Jays as we continue here on Sports Talk. Hey, by the way, um, what a pleasant surprise rookie uh, Davey Garcia has been for the Yankees, hasn't he? He has been uh, everything they could have hoped for. Really come in and uh, uh, been the stopper. Uh, in that in that rotation, the time when Garrett Cole was struggling, uh, um, and uh, has just come up big. Looks like a, a guy who's ready to start in the postseason, even though he's only got a few uh, turns under his belt. Uh, just uh, you know, it it's, uh, testifies to the quality of the Yankees player development that he is. Uh, uh, just looks like he is uh, ready ready to be uh, a major part of this team. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And I think, uh, you know what, it's pretty exciting because he's he's pitched so well. He seems to be fearless. He's going deep into games. He, he's really, he's doing everything that uh, the Yanks uh, could have asked of him. And, and meanwhile, you know, I, I look at uh, how the season is winding up since, uh, you know, next week will be the, the last week of the regular season before we get into the postseason. And you look at the teams that are streaking. I mentioned the Yankees with six straight wins. You got the White Sox with uh, six straight wins. And then over in the National League, the Reds uh, have won four straight. The Cubs have won three in a row. So a couple of teams putting together uh, some nice streaks. But really, I think uh, the Yanks and, and more importantly, the White Sox and what they've done as of late uh, is making them uh, a force to be reckoned with uh, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, the White Sox are currently the number one seed. Uh, uh, they've, uh, um, you know, they, they, they've been, this is the first time, I think, since 2012 that they've, that they've been above 500. And uh, uh, really, you know, it's a crop of young players who, who, who are ready combined with uh, some nice offseason pickups. It's, uh, um, you know, it, it's an impressive uh, turnaround by, the, by that team. And, uh, you know, in some ways it's a bit of a bummer for them that, that the number one seed doesn't mean more, that they, they're only going to get, uh, at most, uh, three playoff games at home. Uh, you know, for their troubles, and that uh, the advantage kind of dissipates relative relative to other years. But uh, um, you know, still, I think uh, good job for them to get in, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they do because uh, um, you know the the playing field is so level among those top teams. Back right now with Jay as we keep things moving. So seven one Dodgers lead the Pods. Bottom of the sixth inning. You know, Jay, a couple of days ago, all of a sudden the Dodgers were, were a little worried. I mean, the Padres take Game One. They look superior. Uh, Lamette was terrific, and then uh, yesterday, you know, the Dodgers get good pitching. They get a a great uh, bullpen game today, thanks to Dustin May going three and two thirds so far after Gratterall got the start, and the Dodgers getting a little more breathing room. But but the Pods are making it fun it's a young team that's come a long way and and obviously um they they got the dodgers attention this season yeah well and they, they, they've earned that attention they've got uh uh you know a great a great uh, uh star now in, in, in fernando tatis jr they've got uh, a bunch of good pitchers uh uh is uh certainly uh, a guy who's, who's whose stuff has been there for a while but uh, really kind of putting it together now uh, obviously, the Mike Clevenger trade was a big one for them. Uh, Chris Paddock generally been pretty good. Um, Garrett Richards uh, generally been pretty good. So, um, you know, the, I, I think the pitching is really where the separation between the Dodgers and the uh, uh, the Padres pitching and defense. But uh, the Dodgers have taken some hits uh, injury wise, and they got had a bit of a scare with Dustin May at that uh, uh, that that uh, comeback or off his foot last week uh, uh, that forced them to, to to pull him from a game, but. Uh, um, he, he looks like he's in good form today, and uh, that's got to be a, a sigh of relief for them. But um, you know, they're they have the best record in baseball, but, but this is not going to be a cakewalk for them by any means. And uh, the Padres have, have certainly pushed them to be, uh, you know, just to, to show just uh, that, they, that they can come through. I watched last night's game. Watched the night before. Watched them fall apart in the seventh inning there. Uh, then watched last night's game and Kenley Jansen loaded the bases. Uh, uh, with a two-run lead in the ninth inning, and uh, that was uh, nail-biter territory, given that uh, Jansen had blown that game uh, the other day against the Astros. But uh, uh, I think they have a deep bullpen, and I think that's really going to be the key for them uh, if they're going to make it through October. Who else do you like in terms of the National League? The Braves, the top to East, the Cubs, and the Central? Do you think both teams can also make a deep run in the postseason? 
I, the Braves, I think, I don't think have the pitching. Uh, they're, they're praying that Cole Hamels is okay, um, you know, when he, when he comes back, but, uh, uh, losing Mike Soroka uh, to injuries was was big, and uh, they just do not have the the rotation depth. I don't think to withstand uh, uh, October. Um, the Cubs I like a little bit more. In fact, probably a lot more uh, in terms of uh, what I think they can do in the postseason. This is a, this, this is a good team, um, but uh, uh, I don't think any of the, either of them are on are on the same tier as the Dodgers, and uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Jay Jaffe joining us uh, here on Sports Talk. You've written about Team Entropy this week on Fangraphs. You held a chat, but you also uh, remembered uh, the great Lou Brock, who uh, we lost um, last week. And, you know, you look back at the Hall of Famer's career, and as you pointed out, base thief extraordinaire. Um, and as you, you know, mention Brock and, and look at his body of work, six-time All-Star, over 1,000 hits, uh, which is 28th all-time. Where do you put Brock um, when you start to go and look at your, your Jaws uh, metrics and, and where he ranks? Well, he's pretty low in the Jaws metrics, and actually it's, it's one of those things that's kind of, you know, I actually wrote about that a little bit in my, in my, uh, uh, in my system, or sorry, in my, in my, in, in my tribute. Um, the things he was doing... Uh, you know, he was not a he was not a you know a huge offensive force except for the stealing bases and, and, and the base running. But you know that that was somewhat limited by the fact that he was he was caught stealing uh, with a fair amount of frequency. Um, did not have uh, as high a success rate as say Tim Raines, uh, who came along later. Um, but you know that I don't think that should detract from our view that this guy was an obvious Hall of Famer. I mean, he set the single season and, and career stolen base records. He was. Uh, a marvel in three World Series, um, you know, probably could have been MVP in in, uh, uh, in '68 if the, if, the, if the Cardinals had won. Um, uh, just uh, had you know had more power than I think people realize was you know hit, was one of the few people to, to hit a ball uh, to, to center field in the, in the in the old Polo Ground, 467 feet away. Uh, that was Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron were two of the other four I think that, that did that. Um, uh, you know, beyond that, he was you know he was a really smart, analytical guy. He was well ahead of his time when it came to uh, uh, using film to break down pitchers' uh, um, uh, pickoff motions. Uh, just a very cerebral and competitive guy, and also uh, by all accounts, just one of the nicest uh, people in the, in, in the entire game. I uh, can't find a single person who said a bad word about him. Meanwhile, you know, it's one of those guys that I think uh, Cubs fans will always wonder, what if, what if, had the Cubs uh, held on to him instead of uh, trading him in that uh, trade where the centerpiece was Ernie Broglio. And uh, ultimately, it was, what, about a six-player deal in 1964. But given the fact that the Cubs had that run in 69 before they collapsed to the Mets and, and also, you know, had some, some nice teams then, you always wonder what would have happened uh, had uh, Lou Brock stuck around and not been dealt. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Cubs had a, had a lineup there with uh, with uh, Ernie Banks and Ron Santo and Billy Williams, all of whom ended up in the Hall of Fame, and they could have had another. And, and it's, uh, uh, Buck O'Neill, who was uh, at that point a, a scout and then a coach for them, said that uh, he, he felt it was probably the, the unspoken quota system, that, that, that they had too many black players on the team, um, that somebody, you know, somebody told him that... Uh, you guys are going to, you know, you can't turn this team into the Kansas City Monarchs. 
Um, and uh, and that was uh, one reason why the Cubs uh, felt like they needed to, to, to trade Brock. And uh, um, so it, it is a story of what might have been. And it's not the, not the first team to uh, get a little skittish about the uh, about integration and, and, and the speed with which it was happening. I think that can be said for a lot of teams. I mean, we know the Red Sox, the last team to integrate uh, of the original 16, um, you know, had uh, was was really held down by uh, by the owners' racism. So <clears throat> it's a bit of a cautionary tale there. But uh, the Cubs could have been a powerhouse, I think, if they kept Brock. I agree with you. Let's wrap it up. Beer pick of the week before we let you get back to business out of Yankee Stadium where you're covering tonight's game against the Blue Jays. What would you like to profile for our listeners this week, Jay? Okay, this one is uh, the Torch and Crown uh, Tenement Pilsner. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I've really kind of taken to the craft Pilsners here in my, uh, uh, in, in my, in my recent years. Uh, just a nice variation uh, from uh, the, uh, the typical IPAs, whether we're talking West Coast or East Coast. Uh, this is just a, a good, crisp, and, and kind of creamy Pilsner. Uh, really hits you with a, with a lot of sweetness up front, and uh, uh, then then the crispness after that. And uh, I quite enjoyed it. And uh, uh, I love the label. It looks like uh, an old walk-up uh, apartment building, and uh, a tribute to New York City, uh, as uh, uh, as they say. And uh, just a, a good beer. Torch and Crown from New York City, and they're just two years old. I guess it goes to show you just how well we're seeing the craft brewery business uh, take place, not just in Brooklyn, but all parts of New York City. Yeah, this is a this is a, a, a place that I think, yeah, like you said, two years old, just opened, and they were always kind of ahead of the game when it came to setting themselves up for delivery during the pandemic. And when they did, I was like, okay, I'm just going to throw my wall and just scream for you. <laughs> Um, because I appreciate that. There's a couple other breweries that I've been frequenting uh, with that, but uh, uh, been keeping them in the rotation. They did a fun beer that was uh, um, uh, dedicated to, it was called the Backflip, and it, it was uh, dedicated to the Korean baseball organization. Uh, had some, some great graphics. If you go in my untapped account, you can see somewhere in there I have a picture of the label on that. Um, but <laughs> good, uh, good summer beers, good, uh, good Kolsch, uh, and good IPAs, too. Terrific stuff. Jay, appreciate everything. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you back here next week, all right? Okay, that sounds great, Steve. Thanks. From Jay Jaffe over to Eric Elkin, ABC 7 News is next. Then we'll get to Charlie One and right back to more. Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Hour two of Sports Talk is underway. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate all the kind words from everybody. Thank you so much. Along with Adrian Broadus, who, by the way, did a terrific job to start the show today. Thank you for that, Adrian. I'm indebted to you. It was very nice and kind, and I appreciate that. But uh, again, folks, uh, excited about uh, the next hour or so as we get you ready for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. Uh, John Teicher and uh, Dana Dimmel will talk about uh, UTEP's game this Saturday night as they take on Abilene Christian. And uh, we are excited uh, about a very special guest uh, who's going to be joining Joining us next to talk about uh, Abilene Christian, the Miners' opponents. He's Joey Richards, who covers uh, ACU for the Abilene Reporter News, and he joins us live on the phone lines right now. Joey, uh, it's Steve here in El Paso. Thanks so much for the time, and welcome to the program. Well, thank you. So this is the first time in... 60 years that these two programs are going to get a chance to meet. And prior to that, they played most of their games in the 1950s. 
the Wildcats, uh, believe it or not, lead uh, the Miners 3-2 all-time. But uh, this game was a makeup game, or I should say a makeup game. It was a rescheduled game after uh, the pandemic. And we're so interested to see uh, how UTEP will handle uh, the um, ACU team with Adam Durrell. Um, you've been around them as they're practicing, getting ready for their first game of the season against the Miners. What can you tell us about what you've had a chance to see from the Wildcats so far? Well, actually, as far as what I can see, I haven't been able to see anything because they've um, they've taken the bubble approach and they haven't allowed any media into their practice. Um, so I'm going to be interested interested in seeing um, what they look like myself because they've got a lot of new faces on both sides of the ball, and um, and so and you know a lot of these guys I haven't seen them play. Well, I'll tell you. So here at UTEP, uh, we're not allowed, the media is not allowed on the field, uh, but we can kind of uh, watch them from the top of the mountain and at least observe workouts when they're not in the Sun Bowl. So it's a little different than what you're dealing with. Then again, UTEP has a practice facility and they're able to, to do that. Um, I'm I'm interested in the sense that, and and maybe you can tell us from the the Zoom calls uh, that you've had uh, with uh, Coach Durrell, uh, they've got a pair of quarterbacks right now, and Peyton Manzel and Samaje Davis, uh, both juniors. Manzel coming over from uh, Iowa. Davis has been there a while, and he's the dual threat quarterback. Um, we don't know if we're going to see one or both and how it's even going to go on Saturday. And since you haven't had a chance to see them practice and all you've done is kind of, uh, you know, been a part of these uh, Zoom meetings as you've getting ready for the game, any insight as to where uh, they're leaning for the first uh, for the first game? I would expect him to, uh, to use both quarterbacks. They, uh, they did that last year with Luke Anthony and, uh, and Samaja. Um, it's going to be interesting because last year they really brought Davis in as kind of a um, kind of a changeup uh, because Luke was primarily a a, uh, a pocket passer. You bring in Davis, and he's and he's a runner. Um, in fact, he only he only threw for 388 yards last season. He was he was like I said, primarily a runner. He's actually their leading returning rusher. Um, but I've also heard that he's become a much better passer, and um, and I think what you're going to see is both both quarterbacks have the ability to run. I've heard that that Manziel is a very good runner, um, so that part will be interesting. I mean, they now think that they have two guys who can who are both dual threat guys, and um, but I expect that they'll that they'll play both of them. In fact, I expect them. I mean. Dorrell's already said he's going to play a lot of people. I mean, they have nothing to lose in this game or even this season. I mean, they can bring all these kids back. Um, I mean, none of this counts toward eligibility. So, um, so it's a good chance to to play a lot of people. Well, I'm interested to see if uh, you know they rotate a lot, and that's the toughest part, I guess, for UTEP is they just don't have a lot of film on on these players because Tracy James is gone. He was their leading rusher last season. 
Uh, they've also lost uh, some of their leading receivers from a year ago, uh, which makes things more challenging. And like you said, Davis comes back, but they've got another quarterback in Manziel that's going to rotate in. So personnel that a lot of these guys didn't start last year at the key offensive positions, but they're going to be now given the opportunity to see what they can do against a minor defense that, you know, we, we all know what happened against Texas, but I look at that Stephen F. Austin game, and in that one, the minors just started out in a 14-3 to hole before they were able to climb out of it and, uh, and and score the final 21 points to get the win. No, and I would expect that this game would be a lot like the SFA game. Um, I mean, SFA and ACU, you know, knowing what they did last year when they played each other, pretty comparable. Um, and um, it'll just, and again, they got a lot of new faces, and, and SFA had, had uh, has a lot of people back. So, um, although they are a very young team, but um, um, you know, I think I think running the ball, they should be okay. I mean, they've got Tyrese White back; he's a good runner. Uh, what is going to be interesting is is that you know, a guy, Billy McCrary, who was a transfer from a few years ago, they got him from Cal. Very, very dynamic runner. I mean, he's really kind of a game changer, and and he got hurt last season. And um, and from what I understand, he hasn't even practiced this season, so so he's not going to be available. And their number two guy is going to be a true freshman, a guy named um, Jeremiah Dobbins, kid who was playing high school ball at Lubbock Estacado last season, and um, how he fares is interesting. And they're going to play. I mean, he's going to I mean he's going to get some carries. As far as uh, receivers go, I mean, I'm looking at the depth charts and I see a bunch of juniors and Brendan Harmon, Kobe Clark, and L.J. McConnell. Uh, do you see any of them as uh, as threats? The first thing that stood out to me when I looked at Harmon is 6'6", 203. So he obviously has a terrific size and you know, almost seems like he's more fitted for a, a tight end role if he was about 30 pounds heavier. Well, you know, the guy to watch is going to be Kobe Clark. Um, here's a kid that a few years ago walked on from Sweetwater and ended up earning a scholarship, and he was their leading receiver last year. Um, and he's a, he's a really good receiver. Um, you know, that receiving core overall, yeah, it does have a lot of questions. Um, you know, that they brought in some guys last year um, who had some size and some speed, but, you know, injuries and, and who knows else what else. Um, that never really materialized. Um, so, so there are, you know, I mean, Kobe's going to, he's, he's going to do a good job. They got some other guys that they think are going to be fine. I mean, Tracy James was like their number three leading receiver last year. Um, so, I mean, and I would expect that, the, that they're going to throw the ball some to white and their and their running backs. Um, but how that whole group meshes, uh, it's going to be a big question this season. We're chatting right now with Joey Richards from the Abilene Reporter News, covers Abilene Christian University football uh, for the Abilene Reporter News uh, here on Sports Talk. Um, defensively, I know there are a lot of new faces on defense. I know they were also not good against the pass last year. And if there's one thing that UTEP has shown, at least 
uh, thus far that we are not accustomed to. They seem to have right now all the makings of potentially a nice passing game with a young quarterback and Gavin Hardison, a couple of nice receivers as well, and Jacob Cowing and Justin Garrett. And uh, I would seem to think that the Miners are going to try to test uh, Abilene Christian defense right out of the gate on Saturday. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, they do have a lot of questions on defense. They lost a lot of good talent from last year. Um, now, Coach Doral, he's, I mean, he's been excited overall about just the overall depth um, of this team, and um, and he's been pleased with the defense. One thing I'll say is since he's got there, that defense has gotten better and better every year. Um, I mean, at one time they were one of – you know, one of the worst defenses in, in the FCS. And um, and they've gotten, like I said, much better. Have no idea what to expect this year. Like I said, a lot of new faces. Um, I think, that, like, in fact, you know, the defensive line is going to be all new starters. Um, but they do, they do have a little bit of experience there in the in the in the defensive backfield. And um, but I, yeah, I, I would expect that that that. The miners would um, would throw the ball quite a bit. What can you tell us about Adam Durrell? I mean, he was so successful at Northwest Missouri State and had the opportunity to win three national championships in 2013, 2015, and 2016. And then he comes over to um, Abilene Christian, led them to their first winning season in football and program history. Um, yet last year wins five games, this year a lot of newcomers. Um, did most people think when Durrell was hired on that it was going to be a relatively quick fix to transform uh, this team into that same kind of powerhouse like Northwestern, uh, Northwest Missouri State? Um, I don't know about that. I, I mean, um, you know, ACU trying to, you know, trying to become a powerhouse. I mean, I mean they'd be happy just to make the playoffs. Um, you know, one of the big challenges with that, with that you know, with, with any private school, is, is going to be how do you, I mean, I mean, I mean developing depth. Um, I mean, first of all, you got to convince kids that they want to come out to Abilene. I mean, this is kind of the middle of nowhere, so to speak. And then, um, and the big thing is, is you need to get X number of walk-ons. Well, that's really a challenge at a place like ACU. I mean, you're talking about, you know, by the time you're finished, that's what. Fifty, sixty thousand um, dollars of you know of debt that you take on, whereas you can go play at a at a at a state school like Sam Houston State and um, and and play for what a third of that. Um, so I think that's the big challenge for him. One thing I will say, even though they only won five games last year, they had a chance to to win a lot more. I mean, they they played a lot of very close games. Well, I'm looking at the schedule because after UTEP, they play Army a couple of weekends later in West Point, which is obviously a, a big trip for them. Uh, and then I like that game against Stephen F. Austin at Globe Life Stadium, now the new home of the Texas Rangers in Arlington on the 24th of October. I think that's going to be a terrific game. And then after some more uh, games, you wrap it up uh, at Virginia in Charlottesville. So uh, the schedule is eight games, and 
I'm, I'm sure for Coach Durrell, tons of experience. And maybe you just chalk this one up into such a unique situation that what you want to do more than anything is just get your young guys that experience and, and ultimately be better uh, in November than you were heading into uh, this game here on Saturday. You know, I think so. I, I mean, there's, you know, there's a couple of things. I think they, you know, the, the coronavirus pandemic, it actually kind of maybe helped them because originally, I mean, as you know, at the SCS level, you've got to play X number of, of SBS teams. Uh, I mean, to, you know, to keep your program viable financially. And, um, and they had one SBS game scheduled, originally scheduled for this year, which was going to be A&M which was going to be a half-million-dollar payday, and they lost that. And um, now they've managed to find three FBS teams, UTEP and um, Army, Virginia. And so money-wise, they're probably going to, you know, they're going to come out of this either even or maybe a little ahead. And um, and nowadays, I mean, I mean, even in a normal year, that would be a really, really big boon. But now, with the coronavirus and, and the money that a lot of these programs have lost, um, it, they, you know, I, I mean, there's no telling. They, they may have saved um, some of the sports programs over there with, with lining up those three games. Wow. That's a huge, a huge situation. Now, are you making a trip to El Paso and uh, going to be, uh, be covering this one? I am not. I, um, our sister paper is there, is in El Paso, and they're going to be covering it for us. Um, oh, I got you. Don't worry. Brett, Brett, Brett does a nice job, and uh, I'm sure he'll have something that'll put a smile to your face when you get a chance to read his his write up on the uh, ball game when it's all said and done. I, I'm sure he'll do a fine job. Um, you know, this is going to be an interesting game because you have, first of all, you have an ACU team, an SCS team. Um, they're going to be very hungry to get a win. You know, it, it, it's always a feather in your cap when you can go out and knock off an FBS team, which they did a few years ago when they beat Troy. Um, then you got a UTEP team that, I mean, you know, uh, this is a very winnable game on their side too, and, and wins have been very hard to come by for them. Um, so I think they're going to be – Fired up about the chance to um, to be two and one. So I mean, this should be a really you know a really good game. I'm with you on that one, Joey. I think it's got a chance to be a terrific game. Look, the Stephen F. Austin game was a good one. No reason why this should be any different right now, especially for the Miners that are trying to uh, – we'll see how they come back from that Texas uh, beating. And if they can come back and, and continue where they left off against uh, Stephen F. Austin, then it, it, it could be tough for ACU. If not, it uh, could be another uh, good one right down into the fourth quarter. Hey, I appreciate the time. Thanks for giving us the lowdown and uh, look forward to, to what should be uh, some fun football here in El Paso on Saturday. Okay. Well, thank you. You bet. Joey Richards, folks. You can follow him on Twitter at ARN underscore Joey. Check out his work at AbilenSports.com. Coming up next, uh, Jeff Erickson, and then uh, a whole lot more as we roll through, uh, including uh, interesting note, the Pac-12 has uh, issued a release after the news of the Big Ten coming back. So uh, Adrian will have that for us at SportsCenter at the bottom of the hour. But first, let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. 22 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. You know, Kayla and Michael needed to sell their east side home because they were moving out of town. Brian and his team at Century 21 Haggerty got to work marketing the home. And you know what? Brian Birch did it again. 
Had it sold for $3,000 over the asking price in about two months. It's unbelievable. You know, so many reasons why I trust Brian Birds, but listening to stories like that time after time after time just tells you who you need to work with when you need an agent that guarantees to sell your home. When you sit down with Brian Birds from Century 21 Haggerty, uh, you'll agree on the price and deadline. And if that deadline passes and the home isn't sold, he will buy your home. That's Brian's guarantee. No drama when it comes to home selling with Brian. And if there is any, He'll let you fire him free and clear. Only one call to make to the official real estate agent of UTEP, the El Paso Chihuahuas and El Paso Locomotive FC. Not to mention the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Brian Birds today, 751-1500. That's 751-1500 or online at brianbirds.com. That's brianbirds, B-U-R-D-S.com, and start packing. All right, let's jump back out to the phones right now. Welcome in Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com. Talk a little uh, fantasy uh, sports with us uh, here on the program. In fact, his value meter for week two is showcased on the front of football part of the uh, football tab of the page. And isn't it nice that now we finally have a week of games in the book so we can reevaluate everybody and decide, was it a fluke for one week or are we pretty much uh, expecting uh, a trend to start continuing and so many players and how they look? Or, or didn't look on Sunday. Yeah, it, it was great to have actual game evidence. It's, uh, you know, and better than the preseason. Although it's kind of funny. One of the th- things that uh, Chris List, my colleague, and I say on our, our show on SiriusXM is don't overreact to the preseason, but also don't overreact to one game in the regular season either because teams will adjust. They'll watch film. They'll be better prepared for the, the formations they weren't quite ready for that they saw. They'll be able to scout their opponents better. New players in new positions will see how they perform, and they'll react accordingly. But, uh, yeah, it is great. We got a lot, you know, some of our assumptions got challenged pretty quickly. Others got reaffirmed, and that's pretty cool. I did, of all the players, I guess, and and the performances, you know, Brady did not look good, although fantasy-wise he was fine because of the touchdown run and the two passes uh, in the end zone. But Carson Wentz is a guy that, you know, still um, has decent fantasy value when the drafts come. But, you know, if if Sunday was any indication, uh, this could be a rough season for him. He was running for his life against the uh, Washington football team. You know, four sacks in the first half, eight total. Uh, even when they jumped out to the 17 nothing lead a couple of times, uh, you know, he got crunched. Uh, one, you know, and they got bailed out once uh, on a penalty uh, where they were going to have to punt, and then that led to their second touchdown, the throw to Goddard, uh, you know, where they were, gonna, they were about to do a three and out, and instead the, the drive continued. Uh, when he has time, I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, the problem is just, you know, is he going to have time? Now, Lane Johnson's supposed to come back this week, and that's a big deal. That gives them uh, one of the two starting offensive linemen that was missing. Uh, that that's actually a really really big deal. They've they've lost one for the season, uh, though too, and so it was kind of a makeshift offensive line last week. I think it should be better here, but they get to face the Rams, which you know if Washington's going to put this on you, I think the Rams might be scarier. Although maybe I'm un- underestimating Washington with Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Sweat, and uh, and of course Chase Young now too. Did any quarterback uh, surprise you more than uh, what we saw out of Aaron Rodgers Sunday? Yeah, I mean that was that was pretty remarkable. That you know, quite a difference from last year. He's taking shots downfield. Uh, that he was, uh, you know, and he, you know that was part of the game plan. They tried to prioritize a little bit. I think some of that's opponent driven. 
Uh, Minnesota revamped their entire secondary, switched out all three corners last year, uh, and I think they're kind of coming, still coming up to speed. Uh, Everson Griffin's gone. Uh, Daniil Hunter is hurt. So this is a different unit right now, and I think they took advantage of that. The other factor, and this isn't just Aaron Rodgers, but probably across the NFL, last year in week one there were 82 holding penalties called in week one. This year, this year 18. Uh, clearly the league is kind of, you know, last year the league directed, you know, an emphasis on calling that. and This year they probably did the complete opposite and directed a lack of emphasis. Maybe they're trying to make the game appear cleaner because uh, there was no preseason. They wanted to be more watchable of a product. If so, I'm kind of in favor of that, but I think Rodgers is someone that probably benefited from that a little bit, too. You know, I wonder if maybe that's because uh, they they know that, you know, they don't want the game to slow down because of the pandemic. And maybe the directive they were told is, let's keep things moving, speed it up, and, and if possible, and there's some, you know, calls we normally make, maybe we don't, we, we, I don't say let them go, but we want to keep the guys on the field and keep them going more than stopping it like we normally do. Yeah, that might be the case. I think that's that's certainly a possibility. Uh, that 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 speaks to the reason. And and uh, let's face it, everyone carped about the, how unwatchable Week One was last year with all the penalties. Uh, it wasn't you know it wasn't just me. Uh, it was a, it, you know I saw a lot of complaining about that. And you know, the league acknowledged that they uh, placed an emphasis on that, and it kind of slowed down over the course of the season. But those first couple of weeks. We're just rife with yellow flags, and it's a much better game when it's not uh, so penalty-driven. No doubt about it. Jeff Erickson with us, rotowire.com, as we continue on Sports Talk. Look, DeAndre Hopkins was terrific, and you can see the chemistry he has right now uh, in Arizona already. Um, it, it's it's pretty apparent that Kyler Murray and um, you know and just seeing what uh, Hopkins can do, they're going to be fun to watch, especially for fantasy owners. Um, but Devontae yeah. Adams turned back the clock. I, I don't expect that every week, Jeff, but man, oh man, Adams and Rodgers were so good. Yeah, and they were already kind of target hogs to begin with. It's just that the volume increased as, a, as part of the team, too. Uh, now, and of course, Hopkins is on a new team, and there was some concern about would he click with Tyler Murray? Would it be, and with Kyler Murray, would, would he be uh, treated the same way? Uh, and, you know, it's funny because, you know, you know, Christian Kirk, barely seen. Larry Fitzgerald had a little bit of action. Uh, they didn't really throw to the other receivers. You know, I was hoping Andy Isbell in year two might have a bit of a breakout. So far, not so much. Uh, so, but we'll see. That was also against the Niners. We'll see uh, when uh, against other opponents if that's a little bit different. More with Jeff as we hit the bottom of the hour. But first, let's go to Adrian and get one last Sports Center update as we continue. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. We're back with uh, Jeff Erickson right now from rotowire.com. I've got some questions uh, on uh, social media and on our free mobile app to throw out your way. Johnny Condren wants to know this week, Jeff, uh, A.J. Brown. His question is, uh, should he start uh, Miller in his place? Same with Kittle, since they're both questionable. A.J. Brown is questionable. Kittle's questionable. He's asking about Miller for Brown, Hawkinson for Kittle. Okay, in both cases, you're going to wait until the Friday practice to see uh, what the uh, exact status is. Uh, and with Kittle, the news came out that he's not going to practice at all this week. Uh, that he probably won't even practice Friday. Yet they'll still be able to he'll still be able to uh, play as long as he's cleared by the medical staff. So this is going to be touch and go. The good news is it's a you know they play the early window, uh, so you'll be able to pivot if he does, isn't able to go. Right now, I have Kittle ranked ahead of Hawkinson, but it's close. 
Uh, A.J. Brown, he was limited in practice with that knee today. Uh, you know, this is an interesting development because he was a little, little limited in training camp, but he played okay uh, on Monday night. He wasn't the primary option in part because Corey Davis it was just working so well. Uh, Davis didn't practice today, which is noteworthy, too, because of a hamstring issue. So they also played on Monday night, so sometimes that Wednesday, Wednesday practice is optional. Right now, I'd go with the originals, Brown and Kittle, but uh, Kittle I'm more worried about than Brown for that matter. Oscar at uh, Oscar Junior nine one five wants to know on Twitter: Hines or Hunt at the running back spot? Um, I'd go Naheem Hines uh, with Marlon Mack out for the season. Hines is going to get a lot of uh, snaps here. Uh, I would say it'll probably be a sixty forty split. Taylor and Hines, maybe even fifty fifty. Uh, Hines is going to get a lot of targets too. If you're in a PPR league, Hines is a priority. If you're in a standard league, it might be a different answer. Uh, but then again, not necessary. Not with Kareem Hunt, who is in the same boat. So I, I think I'd lean uh, Hines in this case. It's close. Hines, uh, Hunt, of course, plays Thursday night. That's the only tricky part there. But we already know that the, the role's kind of locked in place for both. Are your value meters usually for standard leagues or PPRs? So what I do is by pos- the individual positions, it's PPR, and then I have a set of flex rankings, which uh, to, as a cop to the uh, standard crowd. Standard, the flex rankings are, are standard leagues. So that way you get a little Excellent. something of everything there. Yeah, that's nice. And that way you're not just combining uh, PPR for everything into your flex and kind of repeating things. That's good. So you give people the best of both worlds when it comes to your value meters. I like that. Try to do that. Um, yeah. any, a, any other matchups you would like to profile or players you really like uh, heading into this week's games? So I'm paying a really close attention to the Carolina-Tampa matchup. And, you know, Chris Godwin popped up on the concussion protocol today uh, and did not practice. If he does not play, I love Mike Evans. If he, if Evans' hamstring is okay for that matter. And I also like Scotty Miller uh, in this one. I, I like, you know, you can, I mean, I think both the running game and the passing game should do well against Carolina, really awful defense. Uh, you know, if you, I, I just watched rewatched that game, and there were there were hardly any stops at all in that game on either side of the ball. Uh, so I, I want to get parts of that game. That's going to be a high scoring game. Absolutely right. Hey, switching it over to baseball for a minute or two before we wrap things up. You know, just a, about a week and a half left in in the season before we get to the playoffs, and uh, I'm noticing that uh, Davey Garcia is a very popular name right now because he has been absolute money for the Yankees since the call up. Yeah, he he has seven strong yesterday against Toronto. Big win. Uh, the Yankees, of course, gave him a zillion runs of support, which is always nice. But he's beaten Toronto two times in running now. Uh, that, that's handy. And you know, the Yankees they needed that. Uh, you know, with no James Paxton, they've they've been hurting uh, trying to get some depth in that rotation. What can you tell me about uh, Jared Walsh, the first baseman for the Angels? Uh, he's the poor man's Otani. He can actually pitch, although they're not having a pitch at all this year. Uh, he's getting a lot of, a lot of run and pool holes is sitting from time to time, which is probably the way it should be. Uh, a little bit of power. He's not a big time prospect, but you know, he, he's got a pretty, he's got some pop. That's for sure. And he demonstrated that, uh, in recent times. Uh, and the angels, they have all the reason in the world to give him lots of run here the rest of the season as they play out the strength. No doubt. Um, for you, who's been your fantasy MVPs in this uh, very unique baseball season? That's a good question to phrase it like that. I, I, it's Tatis still, probably. Uh, I mean, he, he slowed down a little bit recently, but uh, you know, this is the last time you won't have to pay a first-round pick for him in a long time. 
Good way to look at it. Hey, what are you on a profile as far as rotowire.com? I mentioned your value meter atop the NFL section, uh, but you've got a lot going on for football fans right now. Jerry Donabedian came out with an, a column, and he does this very regularly, but after week one, it's super important. Hidden stats. Breaks into uh, snap shares, uh, targets, target share, routes run. Tries to find you some hidden gems when you're trying to make those decisions. For instance, why he's so high on Miles Gaskin of the Dolphins. Again, check it out, rotowire.com. Jeff, appreciate the nice things you said uh, in uh, our uh, opening montage uh, regarding my uh, 25th anniversary today. Thanks for that. Thanks for the relationship we've got with you every Wednesday, and uh, always enjoy looking forward to uh, having you on the program to talk fantasy sports with us. Hey, as as, as heartfelt, Steve, my pleasure, and uh, congrats on 25 years. I mean, that's older than Adrian. It is. That's uh, He pointed that out, by the way. So you're 100% correct on that. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, I've, I, I do. I feel I feel old, but I feel good. If you keep doing what you love, and you know this from what you've done at Rotowire, the, uh, the time goes by quickly, doesn't it? It does. It flies by when you're having fun, that's for sure. Awesome. We'll talk to you next week, Jeff. Thanks again. All right. Take care. Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. When we come back, final countdown. We'll say hello to John Teicher, who's getting you ready for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues here on 600 CSPN El Paso. Final countdown as we get ready to transition to John Teicher and UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. Before we do, Adrian, I understand you've got a visitor uh, in the control room at 600 ESPN El Paso Central, our Lubingo Studios. And it's, uh, of all people, the boss is with us right now. Hey, Steve, how you doing today? Oh, that boss. I thought you were telling me Bruce Springsteen was with us, but no, the other boss. Hey, Brad, I'm doing well. Ladies and gentlemen, Brad Dubow, our general manager for Town Square Media of El Paso. Brad, you make very rare appearances on this show. It's good to hear your voice, and I'll be the first to congratulate you on the show. As a lifelong Bears fan, you must be thrilled with that comeback win against the Lions on Sunday. I was very thrilled about that, but I'm really more into the White Sox at the moment since there's only a few games left and want to see them take uh, take out the Twins and get to the World Series. So that's where my love there is at the go. moment. With the Bears, we got a lot of season to go, but that was a nice win. I'm with you on that one. A lot of the uh, White Sox are hot. They're fun. And um, it's uh, for you. Uh, Chicago sports, it, it's great again right now. And I don't blame you. Good luck on that White Sox run. I like that team. I, they're the American League version of the Padres for me. Nice and young. A lot of great talent. And uh, looking forward to seeing what they can do. Well, look, today's about you since today's the 25th anniversary. And I miss getting here for the beginning of the show. But have you liked, uh, have you liked your show so far today? It's been great. I thought Adrian did an unbelievable job with the first, uh, the tribute opening montage was great. So many familiar voices and guests and friends and coworkers and colleagues. Uh, just a lot of fun. Absolutely great. It's been a fun show. Good. Well, glad we could set that up for you. And, you know, um, I'm, for, the, for the audience, I asked Steve, what would you like? And Steve said, I want a kegerator. And Trying to get the right kegerator for Steve hasn't been the easiest game at the moment, so I'm going to continue that. But Thank I did you. want to make sure you got a couple of things here. So right now I'm looking at a bottle of Dreaming Tree wine. Since you like to wine, I figured I'd get you a bottle of wine. So here's to you. And then perfect. a KROD 2000 and beyond champagne bottle. Will that work for you? 
Or do you? Oh, sure. Is it still good? Do you think it's, if it's two thousand no. and beyond, Brad? It's twenty years old. Uh, do you think um, that bottle has? I mean, now let's be honest, Brad. I'm, I'm, you got to be hundred percent honest with me. I've seen your office. I know what's in there. No, this is. Are you? One. Look, okay, so these are not these are not gifts that are just trying to clear out of the station. These are things that because uh, I want to make sure there's a big difference now. These are you know because would you twenty year bottle of champagne? You know what? What the heck? I'll try it and hope it's not flat. Absolutely. Well, you got a twenty year bottle of champagne that celebrated two thousand and twenty eight team bottle of wine and enough gift certificates here for uh, our friends at Mesa Street to take your wife, your family, and a few others. And it's on behalf of the whole station, Steve. I think you'll be surprised when you see it. And we think you'll have a great time. And we'll work on uh, the kegger for you, as we've talked about. I think it'll be a fun thing to do. Um, Everybody should know that Steve is probably the number one fantasy football commissioner in the city. He actually got a raise uh, recently, and he really earned it on the Zoom call. So uh, while we're not deep on the sports talk right now, inside Steve's life, it's all about sports. So 25 years, what was your favorite memory of these? I would say favorite one or two memories. Would it be around Don or something else? Yeah. I would say Don, and then uh, I had a chance to uh, host a show with my dad years ago. And uh, obviously, given the... Uh, his untimely passing 16 years back. I have those uh, uh, air checks from that show, and, and that'll always be one of my favorite memories because uh, of the fact that he got into the business uh, later on after I had started and uh, really uh, you know, cherish uh, the opportunities we had a chance to work together. So I would say working with my dad and, and, and Don Haskins, and then obviously all those trips to Vegas we took uh, covering De La Hoya fights. Can't, uh, can't say enough about those and how much fun we had there too. So how about the unfun parts? If we had to look at some of the parts that were maybe the worst parts of the job, would it be back with Buzz and the garbage can? And, you know, I want to share any of those stories. I'll say this. I still regret the Tim Floyd incident because it never should have happened. I feel bad that it did. It's a shame that it happened the way it did. Um, And it's not something I'm proud of all these years later. So I would put the Floyd incident uh, in that group as well. Hey, with Buzz, you just you cut your teeth in the business and you do anything you can to get in. And I was a 22-year-old right out of college uh, who was looking for any opportunity to get into this business. And when I was told, go work with Buzz, who I'd never heard, had no idea who he was, what he did. But it was a fun show. I hated the hours. I hated getting up that early in the morning. But, man, we did some crazy things together. And, uh, you know, things that will never be done again because you can't get away with the stuff we got away with uh, so many years ago. And... Um, it was absolutely some of the, uh, I mean, you can say best moments, but who else will dress up uh, with money attached to them and jump out of a moving vehicle and let people grab at them to try to get as much free cash as possible or spend a uh, hundred, you know, hundred yards away from a bunch of golfers trying to hit me to win concert tickets, <laughs> um, or go to the, uh, you know, um, the, the plaza downtown and interview a bunch of homeless people that we used to do regularly on the show. So, yes, um, we had our moments, that's for sure. And, and uh, who you know, when you look you- back at, at a radio career, Brad, it's what you do. It's what you got to do to get into the business. And, and speaking of how you got in the business, does my daughter Jackie and you have a story about how you actually got your job here? 
Well, Jackie, who at the time was about, I guess, eight years old or so when I started in radio, um, was going to summer camp back then at the JCC, and my brothers uh, ran the snack bar, and she spent a whole summer getting free nachos, telling them that if she didn't get free nachos, she would have her dad fire me. Uh, little did she realize I wasn't getting paid at the time, but still, yes, that she, she bribed for free food for a whole summer at summer camp. So, yes. I'm telling you, that's the thing. It's a lot of these stories nobody's ever heard before, but they're all true. Absolutely, every one of them. Well, on your 25th anniversary, by the way, Thanks. I didn't turn. I didn't know this was going to turn into a roast, Brad. This is this is good. This is exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, it's a roast at the end of the show today. And Steve's so happy. It's his 25th anniversary. It's been a long time, and it was like had to let him know that he's like number eight at the station. He's like number seven. No, Mike's been here longer because he started in the summer. So. We think you're number eight still here. So, My official hire date was September 16th. I started in June of 1995. And the man that's going to be coming up right after me, uh, John Teicher, he was and still is the uh, sports authority in this town because he was hosting Sports Talk, the voice of the minors. And think about this for a second, since John's with us as well right now, Brad. Yeah. I've been at this 25 years. Yeah. John has been at this 40 years in El Paso. Think, let let that sink in for a minute. He says, Brad, haven't you been managing uh, the uh, complex over there at Town Square for about 40 years? Huh? Been here huh? a few years, sure. You yeah. Know? yeah. I, I, I remember you uh, all along the way. Huh? Well, hey, John, like I said, when hiring you was like one of the most favorite things I got to do. And the story was is that we had a, we, we had to hire somebody – who knew UTEP and you and Jeff were both competing for the job and I was talking to Charlie and he said, well, who can engineer the games better? Yeah. I was like, okay, John right. wins that one like a hundred times. What, that's and what it boils down it boils to. Down right? to, at that moment. But obviously that was, you know, it was an important little tidbit, but that was really important to our whole relationship. And, you know, it was really, you know, solid getting you on. And, and Jeff worked for us with Sports Talk. He was the original Sports Talk host and the Jeff Lindberger, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, you've been like such a main, you know, main – player in this town along with Steve and I think all of us have been like thrilled to have you guys been part of our sports talk sports world here in El Paso and with Steve's 25th uh, you know like I said it's just like he's number eight it's just hard to get wow you know like there's people have been here longer Steve sorry yes yeah, well, th- you know the thing the yeah. thing for me is though Steve seriously you've taken this program to an entirely different level and doing a sports talk program in this market is challenging. I mean, it is it is challenging. Uh, you know, again, we don't have any big-time professional sports. We do have AAA baseball, and now we've got the locomotive as well, which has really helped, obviously. But uh, it's it's not the, the easiest thing to do, and, and you have taken this program to a whole new level over the last 25 years, and for that I salute you. I appreciate that, uh, Taish. And I've said this before. I said this when I was inducted into the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame, and I'll say it again on this show. I owe a lot of my career to you. Um, you were there at the beginning, and um, I've had the opportunity to work a lot uh, alongside you over the years. You've been a big part of my uh, career professionally, and uh, I'm indebted to you because uh, there's definitely a, a lot of what I'm doing wouldn't have been possible without you, and I appreciate that as well. goes quickly, doesn't it? Huh? It flies by. It absolutely flies by. Now, um, as we wrap up the show, I'm going to put my wife Karen on because she is she wants to get the final word. And I said, you know what? I would love to have you come in with the final word. So hang on. I'm going to let her have the headphones. I'm going to put these on, honey. And uh, 
You can. I'll. I'll give you the end before we we sign off. Well, I'm a little bit nervous now that I'm actually on air, um, but I did want to say congratulations to you. And the first time I ever heard your voice was when you were doing the Buzzards play-by-play. I don't know what year it was. Maybe ninety-seven, I think. And boy, and instantly I heard your voice, and I thought that sounds like a really nice guy. Um. And so that's kind of where we got our start, actually, was from radio when I used to listen to you um, when you called for buzzards. Anyway, congratulations. I love you. Thank you. I love you, too. Very nice. I love it. That, that, that is the way to end a show, guys. I don't know about you, but uh, you're going to have a tough act to follow uh, coming up next with uh, Dana Dimmel and uh, talking UTEP football. But, folks, that's coming up next. Get ready, Miner fans. Chance to weigh in. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 4. For everybody out here, thank you so much. And, uh, man, oh, man, 25 great years, and hopefully uh, another 25 coming soon. Have a great night.